Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I've done so many interviews using the equipment that I have currently. And I just did three interviews, all of which have a humming noise going on in the background. I cannot, for the life of me, understand it. I did a mic test, and it sounds perfectly fine until it gets onto my laptop. And then there's a noise, so I can't understand what's going on. But I want to apologize now if anyone hears it. I didn't have this issue yesterday, so I'm super confused why I'm having the issue today. I usually have another person with me, but I've had to do everything um, by myself here in the bubble since we're only allotted one space. So, don't know what's going on, guys. Bear with me. I've tested it again, and it still sounds fine on the camera until it gets to my laptop to start editing. Then I start hearing a buzz. So um, I hope you guys can still listen to the interview and not be absolutely annoyed. Hey, Fi fans, it's Michelle Joy Phelps. <laughs> How are you? It's been a minute. It's... It has been a long time. It has been a minute. I asked to do an interview. Well, I was going to ask you how the fishing went. Oh, yeah, there. I weren't too long ago then. Before that, it had been a, a quite yeah, a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah no, good to see you. Welcome to the bubble. Thank you. Um, first of all, how did the fishing go? Who won? Uh, I didn't win. I had to leave halfway through, but okay. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's good fun. I wow. like fishing for me. Like sometimes my dad will go fishing and he'll go for like four hours and I'll go, how'd you get on? And he'll go, oh, brilliant, brilliant day. I'll go, how many did you get? He goes, no, I didn't catch anything. It's like, how's that a good day? <laughs> do you know what I mean? For me, I want to put it in, warm, straight up. No messing around. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, so, I and I like sea fishing deep sea fishing because you never know what you're going to get mm. what is the craziest thing you've ever caught in deep sea fishing um, a marlin in Mauritius those are the ones with the long oh okay fish, yeah. yeah pretty serious shit yeah they are yeah you're like strapped in you've got the rod in there it's in like some and it's yeah serious wow yeah okay well um, first of all it's good to see you we're here triple header mm. I'm not going to lie I, I didn't I didn't know when we were ever going to see something like this happen for women's boxing. Unfortunately, we've always seen it 
sort of sitting at the bottom of the totem pole. Do you know what I mean? Um, but obviously with the sort of success we've seen in MMA, now we're starting to see some growth in boxing. Um, how important is it for you for, before anyone else started really doing it? I know that Lou DiBella had done a lot, Bob Arum's doing a lot, but how important is it for you to make sure that you do see the success of women's boxing? Um, it's very important because, but ultimately, you know, it comes down to, this is a business, right? And I'm not gonna lie to you, if something doesn't work, we can't continue with it because without the support of the broadcasters, without the support of the fans, without the support of the interest from, from the media, we don't have the right product. Luckily, because of the hard work that the fighters have put in and the entertainment that they, they give when they fight and the quality that they're, they're producing, and that I do feel like you know, there has been a, a seismic shift from broadcasters to say, we actually need to start investing in women's sport and the interest of the fans, it's working. And when it's working, it means we've got a chance, okay? So the key really is to make sure the exposure is there because it's not that all of a sudden women's boxing became entertaining overnight. It's always been entertaining. It just hasn't had the platform, hasn't had the promotional push. It hasn't had the support of broadcasters. Now it's got it. So I feel like we are 20%, 30% there in terms of where we need to be, but it has to be driven by great fighters. It has to be driven by stars. And luckily, we have Katie Taylor. And without Katie Taylor, we wouldn't be anywhere near where we In fact, without Katie Taylor approaching me and coming to my office that day and just you know looking into my eyes and telling me what she wanted to achieve, I wouldn't have the same enthusiasm. So we need people like her, and you know she's paved the way, but now you're seeing Terry, you're seeing Rachel, you're seeing Chantel Cameron, you're seeing Savannah Marshall, you're seeing all these great British, Irish, you know, young champions, even Michaela Meyer, you know, brilliant for the sport, Clarissa, fantastic. I always you know. love a good talker, so yeah. I... <laughs> yeah, of course you do, for you, you know, for, you, for, you, for what you do, but so do we, we love personalities, yeah. and we love people to talk up, everyone's different, aren't they? Terry, bless her, couldn't be more quiet, could she? She's, you know, you've got Michaela on one level, and then you've got Terry, you know, and... and it's, but it's great, everyone's different, and, and, but we need to tell the story. And, but ultimately, Michelle, it comes down to what they do in the ring, because that's the product, right? Everything that we do is we're selling a product. You know, male, female, I couldn't care less. It's what is that good? Do people enjoy watching that? Are the broadcasters interested? Do the sponsors want to see female boxing? And the answer on all of them is yes, 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 because we've built the momentum. Still got a long way to go. I mean, I had a row with old Heather Hardy the other day, you know, when I said, we talk about equality of pay. I'm saying that every fight is based on the commercial value of that fight. Forget female and men. It just so happens that some female world title fights that might take place between a fighter who's had six or seven fights doesn't have the same value, commercial value, as a men's fight in a 10-round intercontinental fight. But that's equality. Equality is paying in relation to the value of that fight regardless of the sex. What we've got to do is, you know, Heather said, well, it's your job to raise the commercial value of, of the fight, female fighters. I'm trying. I can't do any more than I'm doing. We're just playing catch up. That's all. We haven't been around, you know, although female boxing has been around for a long time, not at this kind of level. So for instance, on Saturday, what we're doing is we're opening it up across all Sky Sports platforms, across all their social platforms to really attract the biggest audience we can so that people buy in to what we're doing. But the best thing I can say for, for for women's boxing is, it's no longer a novelty. It's no longer a gimmick, you know? 
to drop a female fight in there, that would be a good idea, that would get some attention. It's there on its own merits. And that's the most important thing when you're talking about longevity. Because when you create a product, it has to have a future. And this has a future, a big future. Well, I congratulate all of those who are actually televising female fights because, it, as you know, there have been female fighting going on forever, but they just weren't being televised. So, of course, you have to be able to have people step up, promote and televise and put money into female boxing and have it seen for them for there to be an interest. Tell me about what the message that Katie Taylor sent you many, many years ago um, in your DM, was yeah, it not? Twitter. Yeah, she just said, um, she said, uh, hi, my name's Katie Taylor, you know, obviously coming from her handle. And you know, you, you, something like you might have seen me fight in the amateurs. I'm thinking, oh, can oh I, I saw God. you win gold in front of 10,000 people. She said, and I want to do for professional boxing what I did in the amateur game. You know, I want to achieve and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, sorry to say and embarrass her. She said, and I, want, I need a great promoter. And do you know anyone? No, no. <laughs> she said, uh, and, and could we talk? You know, could we, I just wondered if you'd be interested. And I just replied and went, yeah, I'm interested. You know, let's talk. Now, at the time, being totally honest, I thought, look, I'll have the meeting. She's a legend, right? But I'm not in women's boxing. I've got enough on my plate. I don't know if there's a market for it. I don't know if there's the support from the broadcasters. But it was at a time where you started seeing, particularly in the UK, sports like cricket and netball, you know, and, and other predominantly male-dominated sports, the, the female side start to get televised. And I, I saw Sky were making an investment into women's sport. Anyway, she came over with Brian Peters to my office. I left the meeting that day, honestly. I was so pumped up. Because, you know, she's such a great individual and a great athlete, but sometimes someone talks to you, and when you feel their, their desire and their determination, that sort of motivates me, you know? And when she says that I, I want to achieve all these things, and I believe you're the person that can help me do it, oh, I'm like, let's Four go. Years later. Let's go. I'm like, you know, and, and the same, it's like any relationship with, with a fighter. Once they give you that trust to say, you're the guy, right? I put my faith in you to help me achieve my dreams. You know, my career is in your hands. That's the greatest motivation of all. I will not let anyone down when you give me that responsibility. Do you know what I mean? And, and she did it. And, and the, it's been one of the most enjoyable journeys and hassle-free journeys. Yeah, we negotiate the purses and Brian and we argue and he drives me mad and he always wants more and deserves it. But the will to be the best, fight the best, take on challenges, you know, and, and, and the schedule comes out of a fight, two weeks, she doesn't, you know, in Katie Taylor's life, family, faith, and fighting, that's it. She don't go out to the pub with her mates and get drunk and roll out of a nightclub. She doesn't wanna just bum around. She wants to fight, she wants to win, she wants to compete, she wants to push herself. You know, and I love that. Like, she's a massive motivation to me. You know, I've got two daughters, and we now live in a world where their role models, sadly, no disrespect to these people, are TikTokers, right? And Instagrammers. But one of their role models is also Katie Taylor. And that makes me so happy because I know what she's about, you know, and I know her mindset and I know her character. And, and that makes me really happy that they look up to her rather than someone going She's duh, 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 <laughs> you know and all that sort of stuff you know so not that they're bad people but no, you know what I'm saying like and, and but the great thing is when you go to a Katie Taylor fight fortunately you won't see it on Saturday 
with crowds. You see a lot of young girls there now, you know, wearing their amateur boxing and they're catered, you know, and that's great to see because it's all about inspiring the next generation. You know, we want great fights, we want to make money, we want to, you know, but ultimately we've got to provide a sustainable future and inspire the next generation. That's what she's about, you know. She really is about that. And I know when she looks at that, she goes, wow, I can't believe what we, you know. Yeah. She's never one to start, you know, standing on a, a box and, you know, getting a mic in Trafalgar Square and saying, well, we've got this. But she's driven, you know, she won't take no for an answer. But when she sees that, I know she's proud. And, and, and you know, those other girls, even her opponent, look at her and go, oh my God, wow. it's Katie Taylor. She, you know what she's like. I mean, she's, she's the least arrogant person. But I said to Terry Harper today, you know, I said, Terry, you've got to start understanding him. You're one of the top pound for pound fighters in the world. Yeah, you are, you know? I said, so fucking go out there and show the world how good you are. Yeah. Oh, all right. You know, because she hasn't got the background of Kate. She didn't win world championships in amateurs. She didn't go to the Olympics. She didn't, you know, it wasn't there for her. Do you know what I mean? That path, because it hasn't been there for female fighters. Now, young female fighters are looking at this card and going, wow, I've got a future beyond the amateurs, you know? I think it's great, you know, it really is. And so humble too, and I told her that. I'm like, my God, you're so humble, and it's so easy, and you know, I mean, we don't gotta call out no names. It isn't even, I'm not saying it's someone that you represent personally, you may or may not, I don't know, but I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying that they, you've seen over the years, people do change, and she's not changed. The dream for me is to be able to make all the fights you want to fight in every division, you want to make, sorry, in every division, right? without the boundaries, without the broadcasters, without, you know, the egos. In women's boxing, it's so refreshing. You know, Chantelle Cameron just won a world title. I said to her, these are the champions. Would you like to unify? Yeah, I, I, I only want to unify next. Do you know what I mean? Which one do you want to fight? Anyone's fine. Do you know what I mean? Go straight out, bang, unification fight. Savannah Marshall, what do you want to do next? Just won a world title, Clarissa Shields. Do you know what I mean? Like. Uh, Terry Harper wants to fight Choi, Maya, Hamadouchi. You know what I mean? You're, Let's you're, get it on. You're going to get to a stage, I believe, where you can have one champion in every division across female boxing. That is so good. And that's actually something I've been thinking about over the last couple of weeks. I want to do that. You know, I want to get all the champions together to unify quickly. Chantel Cameron could be undisputed champion in a year. Right? Katie Taylor went like unify, unify, mandatory, unify, undisputed, straight off the bat. You know, and I know there's not the depth in women's boxing, but as long as the champions are fighting the champions and the great fights are rolling on, you know, the product continues to be yeah. sustainable. But ultimately, we're led by the broadcasters. And right now, the broadcasters are saying to us, this is great, women's boxing is great, carry on. And whilst they do that, that's why when you talk about years ago, they weren't doing that. It wasn't that Lou DiBella weren't promoting women's boxing, right? And you can't just say, well, it's your job to go and get TV. So it's not that easy sometimes. You know, you have to build it, you need the breaks, you have to get people to get respect. And the good news for female fighters is female sport in general is now getting the respect of the broadcasters. But it can't just get the respect because it's women. Do you know what I mean? That's not equality. It gets the respect because it's good enough, right? And it's, it's entertaining. It's not like, oh, we don't sit in the office and go, I suppose we better put a women's fight on the card. <laughs> Some promoters do, by the way. You know the older generation of promoters? And, and Bob, you see Bob Arum. Bob Arum is now sold on Michaela Meyer. Trust me when I say, when they signed Michaela Meyer, Bob Arum weren't going, I love women's boxing. 
you know, he's more the old school. Frank Warren, my dad, they probably think women's boxing is not for me, not my cup of tea. You know what I mean? That's the older generation, the stubborn old generation. But the younger generation is saying absolutely. So, but that's when, when it's there on its own merit, regardless of male or female, that is equality. Do you know what I mean? We know we've got the pay debate, but ultimately it's not there because, you know, it's a gimmick. It's not there because it's the right thing to do. That's not equality. Equality is being fair and making sure that it's there on its merits and people right. are rewarded on the merit of it. And sometimes people don't, in my opinion, sometimes the female fighters don't quite get what they deserve because we're closing that gap and we need to make it more attractive commercially. But we're trying. And we can't really do any more. I mean, you know, it, it's, uh, but it's very enjoyable. Well, but it, it's there on merits. You know, that's, that's the key. That's the key. Because I wouldn't be interested if it was a gimmick. I'm not, you know, yeah, yeah. Well, it's there because I love it. It's the, the fights I look forward to the most on all our cards. Mm. You know, Taylor against Bassoon again, you know, in, in the fight camp. Unbelievable, mm. you know. And I can't wait for Clarissa against Savannah Marshall. The build up, the fight, everything. It's a super fight. Yeah, yeah, I know. They're mm. always going at it. <laughs> all right, well, um, uh, just a few weeks ago, we had Alexander Usyk versus Chisora uh, interviewed. Alexander after the fight and he felt like there was some sort of plan against him uh, during fight night from well, David well, Hay yeah, and yeah. Bellew being loud sort of trying to sway the judges he, it's, it's some, that's honestly how he felt like well, what do you think that? I can imagine him feeling that he had the same amount of people there they just chose not to make any noise so Alex Krasuk was next to me his manager and uh, Igis Klimas was next to him. I think he had another person there as well. But they didn't say a word. It's not really their style. Mm -hmm. Tony Bellew, you wouldn't expect anything else from him, really. I mean, if you didn't think that Tony Bellew was going to scream and shout during the fight for his best mate, Derek Chisora, then, you know. Um, but I think, I do, I do think that sometimes when you bring a fighter over, I can understand his mindset on that. Mm -hmm. I don't think it was any kind of plan. I just think they really wanted him to win. Mm -hmm. His guys were allowed to shout. If they wanted to, they just chose not to. It weren't their style. Well, Usyk has made it very loud and clear, I think, with every person he's interviewed with, that he does not intend on moving aside. I asked Usyk, let's just take into consideration that, you know, maybe you did get the opportunity to step aside, but you were guaranteed the winner. I try to give any option around yeah, it, and he... <laughs> He was not. He was not interested. He he does want the fight with AJ. He feels like that would be great for his legacy to have fought Anthony Joshua, but he's more focused on getting the belt. So when you're in a position like that, when you know that you have a mandatory who is supposed to fight him before, let's say Tyson Fury, what do you do in that situation? Um, what what have what kind of conversations have you guys had? Because it does seem as though. We're either going to have to push the Tyson Fury fight off, probably until mid or late next year, or Anthony Joshua's going to have to vacate, if not fight um, Usyk first. I think the best way in this situation is to be honest. You know, I mean, I work with Usyk, I work with Alex Krasuk and Aegis, love doing that. I also work with Anthony Joshua, of course. I just feel like in that situation, it's just better off being honest. And I say to them, they know AJ wants to fight Tyson Fury. It's the biggest fight in boxing. And it's the fight the entire world wants to see. Not saying people don't want to see AJ against Usyk. It's an amazing fight. If we can't do the deal with Fury, AJ fights Usyk. One million percent. He was there the other night to watch him. Yeah. 
because he wanted to see him up close. And he has no problem fighting him. But we can't, you know, if all of a sudden I turn around and say, you can't really win either way, can you? If I turn around and say, public, we're not doing a Fury fight next because we've got to fight our mandatory. I'll get absolutely ruined. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you joke, you're ducking, he's ducking again. So the fact is that we can only be honest. And the honesty is like this. We, if we get Fury against AJ made, there are three options. Number one, you write to the WBO and you say, we would like to apply for an undisputed fight, history-making fight, and we would like your belt on the line. We appreciate Usyk's the mandatory, but we'd like the opportunity to make that fight and the winner fight, you know, Usyk is mandatory for the winner. Now, because of the situation, the timelines, of good chance, they might say no. If they do, you go to Alexander Usyk and you say, Alex, we want this fight to take place. It's happening. We'll probably, if you want, if you want a vacant belt, we'll vacate after the fight because it's going to be two fights anyway. Um, and by the way, there's a nice few quid for you. Congratulations. While you wait probably an extra month than you really wanted to wait anyway. Um, or he says no to all of them and we vacate the belt. So that's the options. So, you know, there's been a lot of talk about, you know, oh, we don't care about the belts, you know, from Fury's side. We do. You know, the ultimate aim is always to be undisputed. So we'll do everything we can, whilst being fair to everybody, to try and make that happen. But Ed, if it came down to vacate or fight Usyk, or Tyson's like, I'm ready to go right now. That's the fight, right? All the belts on the, vi on the line is important. And, I, you know, I don't, I'm not AJ, but I'm just telling you what I believe that, you know, the team would do. That's the fight. That's the fight AJ wants. And as much as the belts are important and he wants to be undisputed, there is not one person on the planet that cannot say that the winner of Joshua against Fury is the best heavyweight in the world, right? No more, no more arguments, no more discussions. Done. And that's important. He wants to be the best. He wants the respect of being the best. And he wants to prove he's the best. But if we can do it with all those shiny belts, yeah, beautiful. Yeah. But sometimes it's not possible. Right. You know, I mean, but... I can't sit here and say, oh, we might fight Usyk and then fight. No, after Pulev, it must be Fury. If we can't fight Fury, there's a legal dispute with Wilder. I mean, that's going to roll on, right? We fight Usyk, 100%. So I just can't give you the answer at the moment. All I can do is be honest with you and say, our focus, if AJ beats Pulev, is to 100% fight Tyson Fury next. We all want that, trust me. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I mean, you know, and I feel bad for the Usyk fight because, by the way, AJ against Usyk is an amazing fight. Mm -hmm. But if I don't make that next, I've what failed. Is, you know, I mean, you're like, oh. It's, and I don't want to make a fight with AJ and Usyk and everyone goes, oh. I want to make that fight and everyone goes, great fight, because yeah. it is a great fight. It just so happens there's the biggest fight in the world yeah. on our doorstep to be made, and it's our obligation, not just for boxing, but for Anthony Joshua, to make him that fight. But first things first, got to beat Kubrat Pulev, December 12th. Mm -hmm. The new WBC heavyweight uh, division mm. bat. Is it Bridgerweight? Yeah. What do you think of that? Does it complicate things? It's very difficult because I don't ever like to criticize the WBC because I really like Maurizio Suleiman. Yeah. You know, I mean, my dad and his dad have, you know, tremendous history. Um, I really believe that Maurizio Suleiman has a great heart. I believe he loves boxing. 
and the good that the WBC do on so many different levels, you know, around drug testing, around charity work, about inspiring the next generation, you know, is sometimes uncomparable to other organisations. But I feel like I'm a bit of a sellout if I don't speak my mind on certain things. And there's only really two things that the WBC have done that I don't agree with. And one is franchise champion, and the other one is Bridgeweight. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say, Bridgeweight, what a disgrace. I'll just give my reasons why, okay? Number one is because, for me, the elite cruiserweights are in the Bridgeweight division in terms of the weight category, right? There are no elite cruiserweights who come in at 177 pounds or 178 pounds. For me, if you're gonna introduce a new division, it should be at the front end, right? Because sometimes every big cruiserweight is capable of going in and competing with heavyweights. Every good heavy cruiser. You know, I mean, going back, Evander Holyfield, of course, recently, Alexander Usyk, you know, even Michael Hunter coming up. You know, he's capable of beating anyone in his day. So I just feel that if you're going to introduce a new weight, it's almost for the light heavyweights that are too small to be a fully-fledged cruiser. Those guys at the top end of cruiserweight, now bridgerweight, I'd make him wait to get there. Do you know what I mean? Tony Bellew, Alexander Usyk, they were struggling to make the cruiserweight limit. So really, now they put on a stone easily by going into heavyweight. So a major problem with our sport is too many belts. It's not too many divisions, but that is also a problem if it starts to become confusing. And now here comes more, more yeah, belts. The cruiserweight division is a great division. Historically, some amazing champions. I just don't know a fighter. I might be wrong. I don't think any fighter out there right now wants to become Bridgerweight world champion. I don't think actually a fighter wants to become franchise world champion, right? In fact, when Devin Haney had the chance to fight the many final eliminators to become mandatory, he chose the WBC and he chose Vasily Lomachenko. He said, get me a final eliminator, I want the Vasily Lomachenko. We got it against Abdulayev, right? He was mandatory to Vasily Lomachenko top rank applied for Vasily Lomachenko to become the franchise champion so he didn't have to face his mandatory, Devin Haney. Vasily Lomachenko didn't even know about it. And when people criticised him, he said, I don't want to be franchise champion. I didn't even apply. Top rank did, and I understand why they did it, by the way. No, you know. So I don't think the fighters want to be franchise champion. The promoters do, because it means you don't have to fight your mandatory challenger. But how do you have a young, hungry fighter like Devin Haney who's willing to put it on the line to chase greatness, but you can't reach it, you know? So I want Lomachenko, you, you, you get your way up, the, and then they take it away from you. You know, I know that if you're a champion, you talk about Canelo, talk about AJ, listen, I'd love it if AJ didn't have a mandatory. But then how do you let fighters chase the World Heavyweight Championship? Otherwise, you're just going to fight who you want to fight. You know? Well, that's, that's kind of what, what happened when Mauricio said, that Canelo sort of made that decision. Like he, he said, well, he's franchise champion, so he can choose whatever he wants. And then he wanted- It's good for those guys. Like I said, openly, I would prefer it if AJ didn't have a mandatory defense. You know, all of a sudden you're in a purse bid scenario, you're overpaying a fighter because he's mandatory, but you've got to allow fighters the opportunity to try and achieve greatness. You know, they're, they're winning fights, they're climbing up the rankings, they're paying sanction fees, they're going into a final eliminators and they win. And now I've got AJ. 
Now, if he was a franchise champion, you can't touch him. That's not how it should be. There should be no barriers to entry for greatness. And that's why Devin wanted to do that. And it was taken away from him. And then he gets given a world championship, you know, rightfully, you know, he deserves it because he's got it, but no one gives him any credibility or respect of becoming world champion. And he's sitting there going, I didn't want to be elevated to world champion. I wanted Lomachenko. Do you know what I mean? So don't agree with that. Don't agree with a bridge of weight. But I do agree with a lot of the work the WBC doing, and they're doing fantastic things for the sport. Maurizio Suleiman, hopefully, feels the same way about me. He don't agree with everything I do. Do you know what I mean? The Dillian White situation, probably, or whatever. So we remain friends, we remain discussion, but that's my opinion. All right, and I have three minutes left um, right here, Ed. Unfortunately, you know, I'm a one-woman show right now, so I'm in the bubble, <laughs> in the bubble yeah. So um, just quickly, uh, Callum Smith, Canelo, what's the status on that? Um, it's been like three mornings now of like 3 a.m. Uh, I saw some reports it's done. It's not done. It is close, okay. um, but there's still a long way to go. And my phone has been going off during this interview and I know that it will be probably Team Canelo or Callum Smith's lawyers mm -hmm. to see where we're up to. You know, we don't have much time. One thing's for is sure. for December? Yes. Okay. Canelo wants to fight in December. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there'll be a, I have to see if, if uh, Callum Smith wants to accept that fight. It's a golden opportunity for him. You know, I really hope that we can get there. It's a dream chance. It's, a, it's an honour to ever be involved in a Canelo Alvarez fight. He's an amazing champion. And you know what? He's great because he just wants to fight the best. Mm -hmm. He wants the champions. Yeah. You know, Why didn't it end up going back to Billy Joe if he was the one who originally had the contract? Because Billy Joe um, has a number in his mind that he wants. Billy Joe is focused on Martin Murray. Um, and I think that for Canelo as well to face a southpaw in five weeks without knowing his fighting himself. I'm not saying he wouldn't, I can't talk on his behalf, but you know, Callum Smith is, is the guy and obviously Caleb Plant is another champion. But I think if you said to Canelo and, and Eddie Reynoso, who do you want to fight next? They would say Callum Smith, Billy Joe Saunders and Triple G. And I can make all those fights. So I feel like you know, this could be the start of, of a, a long run of fights, but my focus is to deliver for Callum Smith and it would be a wonderful opportunity. Well, Ed, thank you so much, uh, f as always, for sitting down and giving me uh, almost 30 minutes. Really? <laughs> hey, Fight fans. I appreciate your time, as always, and thank you very much for the opportunity of being in the bubble because it feels really good. Mentally, no, but I Because, obviously, we want to give everybody yeah. a chance, and you can't keep everybody happy. I think we're allowed two or three media per week. So well, I just appreciate the opportunity to get back to work because it's been mentally tiring on me to not be to not be back in action so i appreciate that very much and i'll catch up with you after the fight this weekend thank you thank you very much <laughs> bye fight fans sports social podcast network